You're listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views and the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and The Driven websites. It is brought to you by Solaray Energy, designing and installing solar and storage solutions so you can run your electric vehicle the smart way on solar. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of The Driven Podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of The Driven and also Renew Economy. And today we're talking about the uptake of electric vehicles, not by individuals. This time it's by the fleets and um, and some of the interaction between the major players. We've seen in Australia that the uptake of EVs has not been huge so far, despite a lot of enthusiasm, as we see from the readership of our The Driven website. Um, more than a million page views and 350,000 visitors in the last month, which is quite extraordinary. But the one part of the market, and it's a pretty it's a substantial part of the market, and that is the fleet operators. They account for about half of all new vehicle sales. There are indications now that they are starting to move because they can see the economics of EVs already. Um, and on a leasing basis, it probably makes more ready, ready sense on an economic basis than for individuals. Anyway, we've seen a big fleet operator move. And interestingly, we've also seen some of the big energy utilities move. And in the last week, we saw an announcement between custom um, custom services, one of the big um, uh, fleet operators, and Origin Energy as part of a joint venture. And to explain more about it, I'm delighted to welcome the Head of Strategy and the Head of E-Mobility at Origin Energy, Chow Lee. Chow, thanks very much for joining the podcast. Thanks very much, Giles. I'm excited to be here. Well, look, I guess the first question as head of e-mobility for Origin Energy is, um, do you drive an electric vehicle yourself or are you still part of the part of the people in, in the queue? That, that is a really good question. Um, it is definitely on, on my plan. We've um, gone from two petrol cars down to one petrol car um, and the plan in the next few months is to get an electric vehicle. We're also going through um, a house building process at the moment. So we are um, going to be installing EV chargers at the new house and getting ready for my, my first EV. Oh, well, that sounds exciting. I, w I wonder if you're actually going to be thinking about getting an EV which might actually help charge that house or help power that house in case of an outage or simply because you want to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we're setting up the new house to be, you know, like a little uh, science experiment. So have everything that is connected and can be controlled, including the electric vehicle, hopefully, and then uh, enrolling all of that onto the Origin uh, virtual, uh, virtual power plants. So um, having a, a mini lab in my house. Well, that sounds exciting. Look, you're building a house. So is that actually within the city boundaries or are you sort of, um, are you tree changing at the same time? So we're, we don't live right in the CBD, but uh, we're not going uh, rural either. So not, not moving very far from where we are at the moment. Okay. Well, it sounds like a fantastic project. How about the Origin Energy fleet? I mean, I presume Origin Energy is a big utility and thousands and thousands of employees. Um, it has its own fleet. Um, is that transitioning towards electric yet? 
Yes, yeah. So we've had electric vehicles in the Origin fleet for um, over 10 years now. So Origin has been in the EV space since um, 2008. So uh, we had the first generation Nissan Leaf as well as the Mitsubishi Outlander in in our fleet for a while. Um, And now we've signed up to EV100 um, with the commitment to transition 100% of our passenger and light commercial vehicles over to electric by 2030. So um, we've got... uh, over 10 EVs in, in our fleet. So they're mainly the Hyundai Konas, uh, the Ionic. We've, we've also got one, one Tesla uh, Model 3 in there. And uh, we've got a strong pipeline to convert uh, these fleet vehicles over to EV as soon as they come off lease. Sure. And, and um, what, what numbers are we talking about? So um, the the total number of vehicles in our fleet is um, over a thousand, but uh, the, uh, a big chunk of these is um, heavy duty trucks, so so LPG trucks. Um, mm-hmm. So the uh, for which we don't really have a, an EV uh, model uh, yet. So so we we have excluded our trucks, but um, the target is over six hundred of our passenger and light commercial vehicles to go all electric. And when we're talking like commercial vehicles, we're talking utes, I guess. Yes, the strat of which there is also a a very limited uh, uh, availability of EV models. So, uh, yeah, at first we're we're, we're tackling the, the passenger vehicles first. No, fair enough. Yeah, but the it's pretty exciting because there's a fair few um, on their way. I mean, as you say, they're not here, but there's the, um, I think Ford's got a um, a, um, a huge ute coming. There's Rivian and there's the Tesla Cybertruck. Have you got yeah. any sort of initial preferences? Oh, I think the Rivian one is real nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that a... Is that, is that a uh, for for, for the fleet internally, we're, we're quite excited <laughs> if that one hit the Australian shores. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. There you go. That's exciting. So when you talk about your leases, then you sort of, um, you own a lease and I'm, I'm guessing that might be three years or four years or a certain amount of kilometres which are which are, um, are, are travelled and then, then you sort of flick them over? Yeah. Yeah, so so the current um, fleet, uh, the majority of the leases are three, uh, four-year leases. Um, and what we found is um, going from, uh, you know, a three-year petrol uh, uh, lease to um, extending that to five years for an EV um, helped make the economic um, for the total cost of ownership comparison um, stack up. Uh, for, okay. for majority of cases and, you know, the, the lower running cost uh, as, as, as well as the lower energy costs also help uh, in that TCO comparison as well. Okay, so five years. And do you expect that to come down to about four years or something like that? Or I guess it might actually depend on the nature of the vehicle. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, so so I think um, it really depends on you know what what vehicle what EVs uh, we select, um, what we're comparing that with, like whether it's um, uh, pure petrol or whether it's a hybrid, um, how many kilometers it travel in uh, a year. So you know we we think that that for our fleet the twenty five thousand thirty thousand kilometer uh, per annum uh, kind of utilization is is the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, and 
uh, the, the longer term means that you can spread out kind of that higher upfront cost um, over a, long, a longer period and, and maximize the, the lower, the benefit of the lower running cost. Mm. So just hold on to that sort of thought about that, um, that thing about the leasing period now. And mm. um, let's just talk about this deal that you've announced with um, Custom Fleet. And uh, my apologies if I talked to them, referred to them at the start of the com- podcast as Custom Services. It's uh, that's not their real name at all. It's Custom Fleet. Yes, that's um, right. Which should have been obvious. Um, anyway, so you've announced this deal with Custom Fleet to work together to encourage um, fleet owners to go electric. Um just explain exactly what you're trying to achieve here. Yeah, so what um, we've put together is a fully managed EV fleet management solution to help our business customers transition to electric. So it's, it's think of it as like a, a one-stop shop that comprises you know everything that business expect in a normal operating lease. So the vehicle, the registration, insurance, maintenance, roadside assistance, accident management, so everything that um, they have been getting in a a normal operating lease over their petrol uh, vehicle, um, that that, all of that is provided by um, Custom Fleet in the back end. Um, And then we bring, uh, you know, all of the value-added services that comes with um, transitioning to EVs. So this includes providing advice on the right EV model for for the customer's fleet, um, providing the optimal charging solution for these vehicles, whether it be in the workplace premises or at the employee's um, house or even on the public charging network. Mm-hmm. Um, providing kind of the right energy solution, including load management at the workplace, um, smart charging solution, all designed to help lower the cost of um, energy consumed in charging these vehicles. Um, we also help um, optimize the customer's solar or renewable energy if they have it, or um, providing carbon certificates to offset the emissions um, that will be associated with the electricity used to charge the vehicle. And then, you know, we wrap this up in, um, you know, providing reporting and insights on the way that their uh, EV fleet is operating, the energy that is um, consuming, the emissions reduction that they're achieving by um, transitioning to to EVs, and then working with them to um, continue that strategy to roll EV um, into their um, yeah, in, in t- entire fleet. Mm. And so what's in it for Origin Energy? I mean, you know, you're not normally in the um, in, um, car rental business, uh, let alone the electric vehicle rental business. Is this a way then to try and retain um, sort of commercial industrial customers or even to attract new ones to your business? Yeah, it's it's all about um, expanding the the suite of um, solutions that we already provide to our business customers to help them on the energy transition. So, of course, we provide electricity, but we also provide renewable energy, um, solar uh, at their premises, uh, battery installation, demand response, demand management, and providing everything that they need to transition to EV is just another opportunity for us to help our business customers um, achieve their sustainability goal. Mm. I mean, Origin, like so many other utilities, is kind of sort of facing this sort of sort of this um, this great sort of moment of truth, or was well, maybe that's over dramatizing it a bit, but um, some would say so. But other people would say we, you know, the industry is transitioning, the whole thing, you know, the the, the energy industry is transitioning, and a lot of other things with it. 
um, presumably Origin, like many others, see electric vehicles and their engagement with electric vehicles and the way they re relate to um, people who drive electric vehicles, own electric vehicles, is going to be crucial to their future business model. Yes, de definitely. So as an en energy company, um, we're quite excited about uh, EVs because, you know, it's one of the few areas of growth uh, in a market that largely sees um, a flat demand outlook. Um, and, you know, in some scenarios, EVs could contribute up to 20 terawatt hours of electricity by 2040. So this is a significant load. Mm. Um, but it's, it's more than just the additional energy demand that's exciting for us. So EVs represent a really flexible load as well as um, energy storage, actually, that has the potential to add a lot of value to the electricity market. So we view these assets as um, effectively batteries on wheels, and <laughs> we call them batteries on wheels, um, that can help uh, absorb the excess renewable energy during the day and then feed these back into the grid during peak periods. Mm. So we're building capabilities to enroll these uh, assets onto our virtual power plant. How practical is that going to be? Because we hear a lot about, you know, um, electric vehicles as batteries on wheels and people, the idea you come back and just plug it into your house or take it on a camping trip and um, and just use that. Um, well, that's nice. You can go back into the grid, that sort of off-grid sort of usage. But um, how real is this possibility of, of vehicle to grid or vehicle to home or vehicle to X, I think, is the, uh, is, is the, is the new expression. Yes. Um, right. and, and these batteries and wheels actually playing a really useful, dynamic and essential part of the, the, of the future grid. Yeah, I, I think the, the opportunity is, is definitely real. Um, so, you know, if, if you think about um, uh, forecasts uh, for EV uptake, um, the CSRO had one of their scenarios having 40% um, of uh, the total vehicle fleet being electric by by 2040, and and that's you know that's like eight million mm. eight million of these batteries that like you know as as most vehicles most of the time they just get parked mm. uh, in in household garages in car parks not doing much the ability for these assets to generate uh, a new revenue stream by being an, an energy asset as well as a mobility asset is is something that is um quite real and quite exciting and mm. you know the the technology is is developing. Um, uh, I wouldn't say it's it's at the commercial stage yet, but you know it's it's technically feasible to um, to have these uh, batteries on wheel act as a support for for the energy markets. And, mm. and so, yeah, vehicle to grid, vehicle to home, vehicle to X is is definitely part of the future. Yeah, and it's not just a technology issue too. It's also a pattern of behaviour from drivers and owners and things like that. I mean, in, in your trial so far, what, what are you sort of seeing that people will be welcome to um, or interested in embracing that sort of thing? Yeah. So um, yeah. So like you mentioned, we've got a smart charging trial at the moment, uh, funded uh, by uh, by Arena. So so this is a uh, I call it V one G as opposed to V V two G. It's it's <laughs> it's smart charging. Uh, so it's one direction. Um, but we're, we're seeing that the group of participants that we have signed up as being um, super engaged um, on, on energy and on uh, their vehicle. Um, you know, it's, it's still early days in the trial, but yeah, we're, we're hoping to, to be able to um, really test whether um, people think 
of their vehicle as as an energy asset and people uh, will change the way that they both charge their vehicle and and drive their vehicle to respond to signals from the energy markets because because if if that you know if that can happen then that just unlocks like significant value for both the market but as well as for the customers mm. You mentioned before the CSIRO forecast, uh, 40% of the fleet, 8 million vehicles by 2040. Does Origin have its own forecast and do they differ markedly from what the CSIRO is proposing? Yeah, so so the CSIRO have uh, kind of five five scenarios in, in their forecast. Um, you know, we, we have seen um, uh, the, the take up of um, solar PV in Australia, you know, take off well beyond uh, expectation. Um, so, so we, we we believe that as soon as the tipping point um, for for EVs uh, is is reached, um, that like as as with most uh, adoption of technology in Australia, um, that potentially you know we we will we can get to the high DR uh, scenario that um, that is in the uh, CSRO forecast mm. and i guess the first p- people that will be taking it up what well, it sounds like it will be will be the fleet so what sort of forecasts are you expecting there yeah so we're um we're definitely seeing a lot of um, momentum and and interest from the fleet segment and you know this is from uh, state government fleet uh, local council fleet but as well as businesses that have um, a focus and commitment on sustainability and, and as you said in, in the outset, uh, 50% of new vehicle sales um, come from the fleet segment. So, so yeah, we're, we're hoping that, uh, you know, with, with the economics uh, of EVs in fleet, that we'll see um, a, a big take up uh, in, in the fleet space, uh, which will then help, um, you know, once these vehicles come off lease, it will help stimulate the secondhand market for EVs and then um, help kind of that take up in, in the mass market uh, segment mm. as well. So the fleet owners that tend to, you know, they probably have three years or maybe they have four year um, sort of leases. Um, you, is that what you're going to be, you and Custom Fleet are going to be taking to the fleet owners or do you think they're going to have to sort of um, settle for five years and um, how would that go down if that's the case? Yeah, so as part of our smart charging trial, um, you know, we've been in conversation with a, a lot of businesses um, that either have the first few EVs in their fleet or are considering uh, putting EVs in their fleet. And, you know, what one of the uh, uh, main feedback that we got from our uh, business customers is um you know, for for some for some fleet, uh, there aren't a lot of uh, fit for purpose EV models out there, so they 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 don't necessarily want to commit to a, a long term lease. Um, they want to try to see if EVs um, can work in in their business. So so that's one of the you know main uh, selling point that we'll be bringing with our solution is that we will be flexible on the term, so that you know we we can give our customers the ability to to try uh, having EVs in their fleet uh, before they commit to, to a, long, a longer-term solution. So, so yeah, quite, quite flexible on term. And, and when do we expect to announce the first fleet people taking up this um, opportunity? 
Yes, we, uh, we've had qu uh, quite a lot of interest uh, from uh, our customer base since our announcement. And um, yeah, we're, we're kind of going through the, the conversation and the process with them. So ho hopefully soon we'll be able to, um, you know, announce our kind of inaugural customer. Oh, well, I look forward to that. Now, what about um, any other sort of initiatives? Because um, this is not going to be the only thing that um, that Origin will need to do with electric vehicles to ensure that it's, um, you know, it's sort of got its um, fingers in the pie, so to speak, and that the EVs form a, an important part of its, um, what will I imagine will be an evolving and probably new business model if, you know, from mm. here a few years out. Yeah. Um, so, so we uh, we launched uh, Origin three hundred and sixty EV as the umbrella brand under which we will house all of our um, e mobility propositions going forward. So, mm -hmm. Origin three hundred and sixty EV fleet is the first product that we've launched, um, but we've got uh, kind of a, a pipeline of um, uh, solutions to help our customers transition to EVs in kind of the most simplest and convenient uh, method as possible. Um, so so that the, the second segment will be our, our retail customers. Mm -hmm. um, I, I won't be able to say much, but um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, to an announce something, uh, you know, soon, soon this year. But uh, we, we definitely want to provide um, solutions for our customers, for our retail customers to to make that first journey into into EV as mm. well. And going back to what you were saying about the fleets and sort of all the different things that you need to provide them, sort of charging solutions at home and at work and also said on the road, does that mean that we might actually see Origin Energy branded fast chargers out in the highways um, to service your customers? That 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 could be. <laughs> that could be the future. Um, it's 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 something that uh, you know we're, we're definitely con considering in in our pipeline. Oh, I think I'm going to take that as a yes, but not <laughs> <even> announced. <laughs> um, and so, what have you? I mean, what, what are the lessons that you've learned so far from you know your 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 fleet operations? I mean, you said before that um, you've had. Um, you know, the original Nissan Leaf um, going back 10 years. Um, you've now got the Konas and, and, and one Tesla. What's been the, the biggest lesson from it? Yeah, so so from our experience, um, we, we, we learned that, you know, putting EVs into a business fleet requires a lot more considerations than just, you know, placing an order for a Toyota Corolla and, and off you go. Um, the, the biggest effort that we found is actually in stakeholder management. Um, so, you know, this is both getting management buy-in and commitment, but also getting the business units and the employees who will be driving uh, the EVs to be comfortable with them. So, um, you know, you, you might think that as an energy company, <laughs> Origin would like actually uh, should just jump on right on board with EVs and transition all of it over to electric now. Um, but there were a lot of considerations that we had to, to address. Um, so, so the first, the first consideration was, um, fit, fit for purpose vehicles. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, a big part of our fleet, um, are like commercial vehicles, uh, of which there aren't many, uh, EV models available. So, so our focus in the short term is on passenger vehicles, but even in the passenger vehicle space, we needed to make sure that, um, the EV models had sufficient range for our employees to go to site or to go see customers. Um, some of our employees travel interstate or regional areas. So we had to work out charging location along their route, um, so that, you know, they didn't get stranded. Uh, what we found, um, you know, when we had 
about the the Nissan Leaf, the first generation Nissan Leaf, was we we did have to um, uh, tow s- s- some of these vehicles back um, on on the road because uh, the the range you know ten years ago was just not there. No, no, that's right. It still isn't. It, it's still quite brave for some of them to go out and um, and, and and buy those cars, but um, they're nice to drive as long as you're not trying to go too far. Yeah, but but good thing now is that um, the the vehicles that are available uh, have quite decent range. So um, you know, like if we've got a, a number of Konas, and they do four hundred four hundred fifty kilometers mm. uh, per charge. So that's more than sufficient for our employees. Um, and then the second thing was getting our employees comfortable with driving EVs. So there was actually like a mix of. Uh, uh, level of uh, reception to the idea of, of oh, EVs really? across our bu- business units. Yeah. So, you know, our solar sales team were super excited to go out and visit their customers in an EV. So, so that was an easy conversation. Um, but, but actually the, the first team that we approached was actually our LPG sales team. Ah. And, um, and and they definitely had reservations about EVs. And, you know, so, some of the concerns that were raised were, well, you know, I'd like to hear and feel the vehicle when I'm driving. So, so EVs, you know, they're, they're too quiet and too smooth. <laughs> you know, like that's one of the main selling point of Jeez. EVs. Like, <laughs> unreconstructed. Um, yes. Um, and, and just after they actually drove them, because I mean, anyone who's driven an EV can probably actually sort of feel quite a um, a quick response from the motors. I mean, instant, walk, yeah, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and, and 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 a reasonable amount of power, even the, even the smaller models. Yeah, that's right. So, so we we had to run like a whole education program across our business units. Um, we took them to uh, Hyundai dealerships. Uh, Hyundai were were really helpful in hosting us as well as lending us vehicles for um, employees to take home for a week to experience the drive as well as the charging. And um, and as soon as you know uh, the uh, employees got into an EV and realized how good the drive was and how easy it was to charge, all of the concerns went away. So, you know, like these are things. This this is all expressed before they actually got into it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so afterwards you didn't have to sit down and explain. It doesn't have to make a lot of noise for it to be good. It can actually be quiet and um, and, and incredibly responsive. Yes, yeah. Oh, well, that's good to know that they've actually, um, so any, any bad feedback at all from people? I mean, apart from ones that had to be towed back. Uh, that 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 was ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, no. We've um, you know, we we send out regular uh, surveys to the employees who have EVs, and yeah, o- overwhelming positive feedback. So they love the vehicles because the the EVs um, have much higher like specs than the standard fleet vehicles that they get. So they so they love that. Um, you know, one of the specific feedback um, was you know because. Our employees spend quite a number of hours in their car. Lumbar support was very important. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, one of the main issue with our existing fleet vehicles um, was, you know, our employees were getting quite serious back pain um, from, from sitting in the car for, for too long. And, um, and, and yeah, they said the, the um, Hyundai Kona and even the Ionic, um, you know, the, the lumbar support was fantastic and uh, uh, those issues went away. Um, so, so, so that was, you know, some small things you find out uh, from, 
from from speaking to to uh, employees on the road yeah. um, and and they love the convenience of just being able to charge at home and not ever having to go to a petrol station again well that's exactly right yes so you talked before about the Rivian I mean is that sort of like a personal preference an official preference I mean, have you actually put in an advanced order or are you going to wait to see which <laughs> is the best ute that um, that wants to actually go on the road yeah, so so I think we I think we'll wait. We haven't put in a pre pre order yet, um, and and once again, I think it will it will be an education process for um, our our field uh, employees who who are currently driving the Utes. Um, so making sure that they they are comfortable with whatever EV choice um, we put them in. Mm-hmm. Having seen the way that some of the tradies drive around um, the region up here, I can't imagine any of them not liking an electric um, electric Ute um, unless they mm. unless they forget to actually plug it in at home um, because of that um, that acceleration and um, and what have you. I'm not talking about origin yeah. energy employees, of course, just a, just a use in, in, in general. In general, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so tell me, what's origin energy's position then on EV policy? Because there's not much of it around at the moment. Yeah, so, you know, like we, we believe that, um, like it's not a surprise that the Australian market um, – you know, is is lagging the rest of the world. Like um, we we just lack um, clear and support supportive policy signals for for EVs. Mm-hmm. Like what what we really want is um, you know uh, uh, policies that um, uh, go some way to um, address the cost of uh, or the gap between the cost of EV. And, and and petrol and petrol vehicles because you you look globally and it's it's those policies that have uh, you know the greatest effectiveness in um, driving EV uptake mm. um, like you, you, you see uh, um, state governments doing uh, doing their bit to to you know support EVs um, but yeah it's it's really having um, incentives to bridge uh, that that um, upfront cost. Um, whether it be by um, subsidies or tax rebates or you know stamp duty uh, exceptions, I think I think they would be uh, very very um, effective. Mm, I don't think there's going to be any subsidies on the way, judging by the conversation <laughs> no. at the moment. But what about um, you? Sort of tested the sort of response for things like you know, as you mentioned, tax rebates, and the obvious one there would be stamp duty, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and um, that would be more state government rather than federal government too, wouldn't it? And I think it already yeah. actually exists in the ACT. And I think have, in the ACT, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, ACT government have been uh, doing, uh, uh, you know, putting in place quite progressive uh, policies to support EVs, and you know, we, we hope to see um, more of that uh, around Australia. Okay. And have you got any, any of your senior executives of the uh, company? Um, driving evs yet or are they still in their old yes (laughs) yes so so our chairman and um our ceo are now both uh proud uh ev owners and drivers oh really well that's good to hear is that that part of their sort of company vehicle is it oh no it's their personal vehicle okay and what, what, what do they have can you reveal that I, I think it's a personal. It's a personal. It's, a personal, it's, <laughs> it's their personal vehicle. If if it was an origin vehicle, I'd, I'd happily uh, reveal it. But uh, yeah, it is their personal vehicle. Oh, great. Well, look, Chow, um, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Um, look, good luck with this um, new venture. We look forward to hearing um, more um, your your next announcements and. Um, all the best with your construction of your new house and um, 
making it um, and um, creating all the bells and whistles and new technologies that will sort of um, forge the path into uh, it, it. It sounds like will become one of the sort of the origin A lab type things. And sort of, that's true. Right. That's part of where I'm, I'm hoping to turn it into. <laughs> well, good luck with that, and thank you very much for joining the podcast. Thanks very much, Giles. And um, thank you to uh, thanks to Charlie from Origin Energy, the head of e-mobility and the head of strategy at um, the um, Australia's biggest uh, energy retailer, um, I believe. And um, thanks also to our sponsors of this podcast, Solarate Energy, and for all our listeners. And do check out our other podcasts, um, The Energy Insiders and The Solar Insiders, of course. And we'll be back again soon. Bye for now. Driven Podcast was brought to you by Solaray Energy. Solaray Energy has been designing and installing solar and storage solutions for electric vehicle owners since EVs first arrived in Australia. There's a smarter way to run your EV from Solaray. Visit solaray.com.au forward slash the driven.